This is Mana for Your Soul podcast, a podcast of the lead pastor of Tucker United Methodist Church in New Jersey, Reverend Jason Rios. We hope that today's words bless your life. Ten lepers were healed, but one was transformed. Ten lepers touched by the grace of God, but one amazed by God's mercy. Ten lepers got a fresh start, but one was grateful beyond measure. Ten lepers heal, but only one returns to give praise. So ten lepers, how many miracles? What might your answer be? Well, all word cleanse, you probably say. So, 10. Maybe you will say, I will consider just the miracle of a full transformation and wholeness. So, maybe one. The story of the 10 lepers and one of them returning to give praise might cause us to ask ourselves, when God has offered us a fresh start, how have we responded? With awe and praise? Or simply letting the moment slip by unacknowledged? I know I have experienced moments in my life when I have praised from the bottom of my heart because God did a miracle or simply because God did something amazing. I can remember my reaction, my amaze, and wonder to what God did. And I can also think of the times that God did something, but my reaction to God's work was a simple one. Or I never acknowledge what God did in my life or the life of a friend, of a family member, or a member of the faith family. It has simply passed by as something more. So how have you responded to God's changing work in your life? Did you notice it? Did you praise? Did it produce worship? Or simply was just another life moment? Did you acknowledge it? You see, when we, when we receive a fresh start, a second chance, we have an opportunity to show gratitude because a fresh start begins with living in awe and gratitude of God's gifts. I have heard and seen stories of people transformed by Christ. A person who changed their life because Christ met them at the right moment. I've heard and seen many stories of people full of gratitude because their lives were transformed because of Christ. They changed their ways, that they once thought all was over, and they had a second chance, a fresh start, and they make the best of it. People battling with addictions, people that thought their relationships were destroyed and their relationships were healed, people that were physically healed, their grateful hearts have helped them and others continue on to acknowledge 
God's miracle in their lives. Their grateful hearts have inspired others to follow Christ and to be aware of God's grace and mercy. So when has gratitude helped to sustain a fresh start in your life? Can you remember of a time a fresh start gave way to a grateful heart? Now in the life of the church, we have seen moments and experienced moments that a fresh start has caused gratitude and praise. And God is worthy of our thanks and praise. We come together to hear God's word of promise in the church. To hear that our sins are forgiven. To receive the Lord's Supper. To strengthen our faith. To gather with other believers to pray and praise. Everything we have is a gift of God. Ourselves, our times, our possessions, our work. Home, school, family, friends, our country, our church, everything is a gift of God. So a grateful heart is important, especially when we feel that everything is lost, but here comes a new opportunity, a fresh start. So there has to be a little bit of awe and wonder and amaze of what God is giving for our lives. That's what we see in the story of one leper, a Samaritan, that after being healed, returned to give thanks. Today's story, we see that Jesus intentionally chooses to travel through the region which is in between Samaria and Galilee. And this will have been a region where lepers will have lived because it's outside of the city. It is a borderland. And in those days, if you had asked people, what is the worst possible thing that could happen to you? Maybe high on everybody's list of worst things that could happen will have been coming down with leprosy. Because beyond the physical dimension of the disease, the pain, the loss of movement, and the possible threat to a person's life was the profound social isolation it caused. Coming down with leprosy meant that a person was deemed unclean. And it was compelled for them to leave their home, their family, their friends, and to live in exile outside of the community. To live at the borderland. And it was indeed a devastating experience. Not only you were physically sick, but now you were being taken out of your family, of your community, your spirituality was also in jeopardy. And yet, human beings adapt. And although when we see this, we think that society is being a bit heartless, rejecting these people that are sick and taking them out to the borderland, still they made some provisions for their survival. Realizing that lepers could no longer engage in a, the traditional forms of work, 
they became ritualized objects of charity. Now, Judaism requires almsgiving, and so the people that were not sick, the non-infected person, made a point of providing for lepers so they wouldn't starve to death. These people that were taken out of their families were now saying, hey, if you want to survive, you have to do almsgiving. You have to beg for food and for money and offering. Now, the interesting part of this story is that all the people that were outcasts and live in the borderland share the same experience of heart-wrenching disruption on the outside of the community. So, new communities of outcasts were formed. And we see in the story today the community of 10 people, Jews and Samaritans, who live in the border between Judea and Samaria. People with identities that were obliged by their traditions to despise one another. But now as outcasts, living in the borderland, sharing a common experience of rejection, now they are part of a new community. They experience the gift of a community which was there for everyone who was sick, everyone who had hit bottom. And this community of 10 people we're waiting at the side of the road for the almsgivers who will pass by and keeping a safe distance will leave gifts, money, food. And upon this very road, Jesus drew near. Now like other passages in the gospel of Luke, Jesus is present with those who are outcasts. So as Jesus passes by, the story tells us that the people started shouting or voicing out loud, Jesus, Master, show us mercy. They call out to him for mercy. Now it is unclear whether they were calling out simply for alms or whether they had heard of his healing power and were crying out for deliverance from their affliction. Still, they were raising their voice for mercy. And Jesus sees them. Something that I love about Jesus is that he has compassion. He sees people. Especially those that the world stopped seeing. Especially those that the world treated as outcasts. Jesus' actions represents God's mercy. A mercy that is abundant. A mercy that is generous. A mercy that pours out to them. So Jesus in compassion and mercy heals the lepers now however only a priest could pronounce a person ritually clean 
And we see in the Old Testament, in the book of Leviticus, chapter 13, that it was tradition that when a person had an infection or a skin disease, they were brought to the priests. And the priests examined the person and determined if the person was unclean. Now, I love to use imagination when I'm preparing the sermon. And I say, wow, imagine in 2023, for some reason, we decided to say, hey, we have to follow the book of Leviticus in the Old Testament. And everybody that has a type of skin disease will have to come to the church and I will have to inspect them. And tell them that acne, you're unclean. Imagine that. You know, sometimes we want to raise the Old Testament. And we want to raise those verses from Leviticus and all the things. And sometimes they say, thank you, God, for Jesus. <laughs> I respect other cultures and other religions that Judaism and follow, you know, traditions and the law. Personally, I am grateful for Jesus. Because all I could think of is how many things were said to be unclean at that time. How many people were ripped from their families, from their communities. Because they were deemed unclean. But Jesus knew this. And Jesus knew that the only way these people that were sick and now heal to bring them back to the community, the priests needed to ritually say they are purified and clean. And if you read, when you go home, Leviticus 14, it will share the tradition of how people were treated and what needed to happen for the people to be purified and clean. So this is why Jesus is requiring them go to the priests so they can confirm that you are healed. And being named clean by the priest was the only way that they would be accepted back into society and they could have a fresh start. So they obeyed him. And as they went, they discovered that they had in fact been healed of their skin disease. And the priest would surely verify it, allowing them to finally return to their communities and their families. Now, a beautiful thing happened, a wonderful thing happened, and yet the story focuses more not on the miracle of the healing, but on the reaction of a Samaritan, not a Jew like Jesus, who came back and experienced a heart of gratitude for the healing. Story telling us he turned back and returned to Jesus, fell on his feet, and offered praise and thanksgiving. And then a question comes. What about the other nine? Where are the ten? Where are the others? Why didn't they... Pause to celebrate and give thanks to God who had healed them. Now, we don't know for sure. And, and you know, many scholars have given different pu uh, views. And many preachers have given different views. And you can sit down and think, what happened? 
And that question is always in my house now because my son always says, what happened? <laughs> With that tone of voice. What happened? What happened? <laughs> so I started asking myself, what happened to these nine people? And as I read and, and I studied, I found out that maybe some of them maybe noticed that, oh, now I have to go back home. Now I have to go back to work. Now I cannot rely on the charity of almsgiving to assure my survival. So perhaps the other nine immediately began to address the question, how am I going to earn my daily bread? Maybe they start thinking of how is it going to be going back to the community? How am I going to be received? That in their absence had maybe some of them been replaced. So there is a sense of worrying about going back to their old lives. And in their mind, maybe there was no time for gratitude. Maybe there was situations to address. And a fresh start for some of them may be open up situations of worriness. And what am I going to do next? Maybe that could happen. We don't know. Maybe some of them felt entitled for their healing. God needed to heal me. I've been a good person. I don't know why I have leprosy. Which makes us think that sometimes we created a culture of entitlement and expectation. God needs to heal me. I'm a Christian. I go to church. I give my offerings. Why bad things happen? You know, it's like this story that I read about a mother walking with her young son along the ocean. And suddenly a huge wave appeared out of nowhere and swept her child out of to sea right before her very eyes. And the woman, horrified, immediately fell to her knees, raised her arms to heaven, and begged the Lord to return her son. And lo and behold, just then another wave reared up and deposited the stunned child on the sand right in front of her. And the mother quickly reached out and looked at the boy over carefully, and with a big sigh of relief, she noticed that he was absolutely fine. But then she stares, she stared up angrily towards the heavens, clenched her fists, and demanded to God, Where is his hat? Where is his hat? And you may be laughing, but sometimes we feel just as entitled. She prayed that her son would be alive and fine. And there was her son. And instead of giving thanks to God that nothing happened to her son, she's now angry at God because she lost the hat. And it is that probably that kind of attitude that made Jesus ask questions like, the other nine, where are they? Had no one else returned to give thanks to God? Now, it is clearly that Jesus is trying to make a point for the people listening to the story, right? 
People listening to the story are saying, oh, Jesus healed the Jews and they went to the priests and now they were transformed. But Jesus is making a point. The Jews did not came back. It was the Samaritan. And again, I told you, Jews and Samaritans despise each other. So Jesus is making a point. The person who experienced a profound level of transformation. He knew himself to be blessed. Because he was not only an outcast because he was sick. He was an outcast because he was a Samaritan. He was the other. And he knew to be blessed. And he took time to celebrate this blessing. And he understood that there is more to wholeness than physical health. And wholeness involves gratitude. He was conscious. He was aware of what happened. And was at awe of the fresh start that he received from Jesus. The gift of a second chance. So again, church, when God is changing us, when God is offering us a fresh start, how do we respond? Do we even recognize that God is doing something new in our lives? And are we willing to accept that God is doing something new? Are we willing to give praise to God? You know, maybe the others were so focused on being named clean by the priests that they didn't took the time to pause and give thanks for what Jesus had done. But a religious and ethnic outsider was able to grasp the importance of who Jesus was and what he was doing. And as people of faith, do we sometimes miss what God is doing at a deeper level in our lives? Or do we take for granted because of our expectation and preconceived ideas? For all the lepers, their healing was not a change that happened instantly. They had to follow Jesus' instructions. They needed to go back to the priest. They needed to pass the ritual to be deemed clean. But by passing that process, not only noticing that they were healed, but experiencing all that process, they got a fresh start. God invites us to be participants in our own process, in our own experience of change. And although God is always the one who gives grace and healing, the degree to which we respond and engage with God affects our awareness and experience of it. Often change takes place over time. And sometimes this can be an obstacle to our offering of praise. Perhaps we get frustrated that things take longer than we hope for. Or because they don't happen right away. And we lose sight 
of the way change is happening slowly and over time. And we neglect to give God praise because we want things rapidly. And something that I have learned in my almost 40 years of life is that God likes to take his time because through the process of guiding us and molding us and changing our lives every single day we can experience a blessing that can make our hearts praise him the man who turned back was not just healed because of his gratitude he made a connection with jesus that offered him more than healing and ritual cleanliness he was made whole. His healing was not just physical. The story ends by saying that his faith has made him well. So how might we be missing out on greater wellness and wholeness? Because we are not taking this time to stop, to connect with God, and show gratitude. In the biblical sense, to praise means to shout for joy. So the Samaritan returned and praised God with a loud voice. There was so much gratitude that a loud praise raised from his heart. So what might be holding back our praise? You know, in our culture, loud and boisterous praise happens often in sport events, in concert, in other events of life. I know people are going to get ready and get their Eagles jerseys ready. Whether they go to the stadium, are already there, or getting ready in their house, they're going to be screaming when every touchdown, and hopefully they're going to be screaming of joy if they win. But for different people, and congregations, vocal praise may be more or less comfortable. I come from Puerto Rican culture, and when we go to church, everybody praises. There is loud voices. There's people reacting to the sermon saying, amen, hallelujah. There's people crying. I will never forget, and I will always be there, one of the most impactful moments growing up in church for now has been Miguel Semide's transformation. Miguel, on a Good Friday service, was in the back of the sanctuary. The sanctuary was packed, more than almost 375 people. We were there this is a place I only hold like 275, maybe 300. We were there. There were chairs everywhere. It was packed. And the pastor did the altar calling and was saying, if you've been blessed by today's service, if you've been touched by Jesus, and you want to give your life to Jesus, I just invite you to come forward. I just want to pray for you. And all of a sudden, we heard this 
arrived from the bottom of the heart. At first, we were frightened. It was a lounge. It was like something just opened up. Like he was holding this for years. And this man ran. I don't know. I, I always think that he just jumped the stairs from the mezzanine of the sanctuary. There were like three or four steps. But I think he jumped. And he ran. And he cried. And he screamed, I want Jesus. And he fell on his knees and he was sobbing and crying. And all of us were sobbing and crying. And all of us were praising. This man today has been lay leader of the church. He has been part of the SPRC committee. He has been part of the trustees. He plays the guitar. He's part of worship team. And if you just sit down and listen to his story, you will say, boy. God is good. So every time I think about loud shouting and praise of someone that is in gratitude for what God has done in his life, my mind immediately goes back to Miguel. And like Miguel, I have seen and heard of other stories. But me being a child growing up in the church learning about what church was and the importance of a good Friday service, it was just a powerful scene to see. A man who was open to gratitude and praise. Now, on the other hand, there's my grandfather, and he barely opens his mouth to praise or sing the hymns or anything. He will stand up, he will be there. He will close his eyes. But what a man of God he was. And I will tell him, like, won't you, come on, let's sing the hymns, you know, and raise your hands. And he looked at me with his face. <laughs> and then when I will raise my hand and scream, he will say, you're too loud at church. You need to lower your voice. And I will say, I can't. <laughs> so I have experienced a multitude of range. Now, what I see in all of those stories is that there are hearts of awe and praise. Because in the witness of my grandfather, I could see that he was grateful for his life. And in the praise of my grandma singing to the flowers as she did the garden, I could see the praise. And in the screaming of Miguel running down the aisle of the church, I could see the praise. And in the praise of my brothers and sisters in multiple congregations that they will be always saying amen and glory to God and hallelujah. I was just, I could see their wonder and praise. You know, practice is key. My invitation for you today is just to be aware of God's gifts. We need to be full of gratitude for the mercies and blessing God gives us day by day. I read a quote from a pastor, Pastor Elwood Callis, that says, I am grateful for sunshine because I know the rain. 
I am grateful for friendship because I experience loneliness. I am grateful for laughter because of the many tears I cry. I am grateful for my spouse, my partner, my friends because I know the emptiness of being on my own. I am grateful for each and every day I'm alive because I have seen death. I am grateful for all that I have because I realize I have enough. This is the attitude that made Jesus say to the 10th leper, go your way, your faith has made you, has made you well. This man was whole. And this is the kind of attitude that opens the opportunities for fresh starts that will make us want to turn around and run to Jesus and say, thank you, Lord. I just want you today, church, to just take a moment and say thank you for the fresh starts God has given you and be open to the opportunities of the fresh starts that God might bring this year. Whatever you're facing, God is walking with, through, with you through it. And with a gratitude abounds a blessed heart. So take the opportunity to express to God your gratitude or share it with someone. No matter what you're passing in your life, Jesus is there with you, like he was with this group of people that were sick, like he was with many others, and like he is doing every single day because his holy presence is accompanying us on the journey every day. Amen? Amen.